Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. It's Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with insights, tips and best practices and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And happy Teacher Appreciation Week to you all. We are here today with a very special guest, CEO of Curriculum Associates, Rob Waldron. And Rob is here to share his appreciation to all of you as well. So welcome, Rob. Thanks so much for coming. If you don't mind introducing yourself to our listeners, telling them a little bit about well, you. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. And it's uh, it's great to be on in Teacher Appreciation Week. I think um, of, of all years to appreciate teachers, it was this year. Uh, and I, I think I can stand... Uh, in line first, but uh, with every parent in America who appreciates teachers more than ever before, there's nothing like sending 54 million children home for homeschool to make people realize how how hard the job of a teacher is. And um, I, uh, COVID was a terrible thing, and uh, I know many of us lost loved ones. Uh, but one thing that I think will occur because of COVID was people's understanding about how difficult the profession of teaching is and and they may uh, appreciate you like never before. Yes, absolutely. And we've heard that from a lot of educators too, that there are some silver linings with this really difficult year. And I totally agree with you. So speaking of a very interesting, unique year, what are some, how we've been asking educators this question, so we'd love to ask you, how was your year? How would you characterize it or any silver linings or th- learnings that you had from leading a curriculum company through a pandemic that maybe you want to take forward? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I think there, there are a lot of lessons that are interesting for our company and for teaching and the, the field in general. So the, I would uh, these are in no particular order, but I would say the first thing is that um, professional development, which is such an important part of our work, we have uh, uh, 600 people in service of districts in our company, maybe uh, closer to 700 now, and many are embedded in the field and uh, doing stuff. But one of the things about it is that in the in the world pre-COVID, people would not allow for um, our, our educators or customers really would not allow for remote learning because it was sort of viewed as a a cheaper form of something. And I think that shifted um, because people realized, you know, going to the central office and having to go at a particular time or whatever is a hassle. And maybe we could do better if we could, if I could stay in my classroom, it would be faster and simpler. And I got some of these rich experiences, Um, even though they're live, but I got them remotely. And I, I think that's a little bit of game changing for the world of professional development because what it does for a company like ours is it allows us to specialize. Before, if we were sending one person to the school, we have to, they have to know everything, and now I can I can actually allow for specialists, so we can have a math specialist or a special education specialist or whatever, and someone who might not have been able to get to your district or your time on, at the time that you want, we can we can now do. So I think that's a that's a shift. Um, I, I think. Um, I think print will be back. I think people miss books. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 
it's so fun to see teenagers get sick of screens, isn't it? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I don't know if everyone had a chance to see The Social Dilemma. I've, I've been supportive of that work. And, and it, you know, it's just nice to see, like, maybe the screen won't be the only thing. And, you know, I'm an ed tech guy. You'd think I'd be for it. But I, I'm excited that the book's back, the printed word is back, and, and uh, people are going to want the mix. I've always thought that the mix between print and digital is, uh, uh, with a great teacher is, is the thing that's going to drive the most change. So I think that may be um, a little bit of a, of a silver lining. Um, I think equity issues, you know, it wasn't just COVID, but the tragedies with uh, George Floyd and others um, allowed us to refocus uh, as an industry again on being anti-racist, uh, on being more equitable for LGBTQ kids and so forth. And um, and we, you know, I think we're reinvigorated again and again to, to create equity in the world, which is the purpose uh, in many ways of education. And, um, and I, I think more people are aligned to those kinds of strategies uh, than ever before. Uh, and I don't know, it, it wasn't just COVID, but we'll, we'll call that 2020 as the year uh, where people, I think, got reinvigorated. There'll still be lots of debates. Those debates are happening now. There's still lots of rawness and tension and uh, politica- politicization of, of all these things. But um, I think we'll come out of that as a, as a better nation, better, better educator. I totally wow. agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a lot to <laughs> to think about. But I think a lot of the educators that we've spoken with have also touched upon these topics. How can they ensure that that they're providing equitable classrooms to every single student and to their families? They've talked about how parent-teacher conferences this year, they've had higher attendance than ever before because of the virtual way that they've been having to meet with families and the flexibility that allows for different families' lifestyles and schedules. Um, you know, and and it's just nice that there are some silver linings that folks will take with them, not just for the end of this school year, but moving forward that will hopefully make big changes for all the students. That we- I think another thing, I think it's a great point. Another thing that's come up um, is, is how much teachers need to be in control of their own classroom and how relevant that is to particular situations. And, and you know, I know sometimes there's a movement to, to get teachers to do a certain thing in a certain way. Um, the people who are extraordinary uh, that I've seen, and if, I, if you don't mind, I'll share a couple of stories. Um, but the people who are extraordinary were the people who, who could, could kind of dance with this and make stuff up and <laughs> rearrange and redo the plans and be super flexible. And, and, uh, and those, those are the folks that succeeded the most. And I, you know, I, there's a person uh, in our life, it's not related to I already. My wife is a uh, uh, counsels students on uh, getting through the financial aid hoop uh, who uh, are not students of means and don't have all the access to, to, to guidance counselors and so forth. And she stays with them. And there's this, this guy in the Boston school district named Carlos that she works with. And this guy, he, you know, the, the school, the kids didn't have their computer. They didn't have wireless access. They didn't have a printer or whatever. And they're just trying, they're about to graduate and they're going through the financial aid uh, system, which is so difficult to just fill out. And, uh, and it has all sorts of government bureaucratic hoops or whatever. And this kid, or he's, you know, whatever, 25, but um, he just stayed with them. And my wife and he, they'd get on the phone and they'd like, you don't have a printer? I'm driving to your house right now. This is a Boston public schools guy. I'm driving your house right now with a printer and I'm going to use a wireless card and you're going to print it out while I'm looking at you so you can apply for college. 
And he just did it again and again. And no matter what happened when they had documentation issues and government bureaucracy things, he just stayed with it all the time. He's just a complete unknown to anybody, although I'll make sure the superintendent, Brendan knows, uh, public servant doing his job, whatever it takes to make those kids succeed. And, uh, and I just seen that again and again and again. And, this, you know, I'm thinking about Carlos right now, but there's millions of folks who did that this year. And we, uh, our country owes a great, great honor, uh, debt of honor to, uh, to all those who did that. It's so true. Teachers don't do what they do. So they see their name in lights. You don't see teachers, you know, faces on the front page of the news or on TV. You don't see teachers doing what they do for the credit. Um, but people like Carlos are doing that every single day. So thank you, Carlos, and to all the educators out there that that really worked relentlessly this year to do whatever it takes to, to help their students. And Rob, you kind of already touched upon this, so it's a perfect segue to our next part here. But if you could kind of summarize what you appreciate the most about educators this particular year, what would that be? Yeah, just the selfless service and the love they have for their students. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What about you, Danielle? I would echo the love. I would echo resiliency, emotional resiliency. Um, what I've seen is the power of connection. And when we were educators were told overnight to rethink their entire way of being, they still found ways to connect with their students via drive-bys outside students' houses, yard signs, um, I've seen pictures of educators sitting in driveways, helping kids with homework. Like they still prioritized the need for connection. And I see that moving forward, making sure that students are feeling seen and heard. And I just think that that was something that educators were, they knew, but I think other people didn't prioritize that as much. And we're going to really need to prioritize that um, as we start to return to buildings as well. So great job, all educators of just being, remembering humanity. I think that, what about you? Yeah, I think on sort of on the same note along those lines, just the flexibility in no other industry and in no other profession would a person be told overnight, you are going to work from this place tomorrow or you're going to do your job through a different means, uh, teach virtually. And teachers did it and they did it with grace. And you did not hear about pushback. When you're a teacher, you are putting on a show. You are on stage in front of students the entire day. So it's not like they can go, you know, by the water cooler and talk to their colleagues about the change and whether or not they liked it. No, they were there on Zoom the next morning with a smile, greeting their students, talking about their new systems and routines. And it's honestly just such a, a great model for the entire rest of the country, no matter what you do, because everyone should be able to adapt that quickly and with grace and just so professionally. And so for that, we, we thank you. So unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. But Rob, what would be any last parting advice um, for leaders that are listening or even just for educators who are listening to the podcast as we start to think around the corner for back to school, whatever that looks like? Uh, you're not going to want to hear this, but I think everyone should get the biggest uh, jug of wine and just chill out and enjoy themselves and not think about another thing until they wake up with that hangover and try again. That's what I would suggest. That's what they deserve. <laughs> they do deserve to uh, 
to relax. And Danielle actually wrote a professional paper about self-care. Not sure if a jug of wine was involved, but well, we'll, we'll suggest some other strategies too <laughs> in the show notes. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Rob. We really appreciate your time as always. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks again for being with us. And as always, you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at MyIready. And please be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the work you do every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, as always, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week. We so appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you feel our appreciation every time you listen to an episode. And until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.